Welcome to the Alabama Literacy Network's podcast, which is designed to share information and best practices for literacy in the state of Alabama. We represent various groups working on literacy in the state. We hope to bring a wide variety of resources together to help school leaders, teachers, and parents so that all children read at high levels. We believe that literacy is a fundamental right that is tied to so many positive outcomes that we want for the citizens of Alabama. This podcast was brought to you by Bright Spot Ed LLC, an educational consulting company based in Alabama, providing consulting, professional learning, evaluation services, and resources. Our goal is to highlight the good and replicate it across education. Check us out at brightspoted.com. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Dale Smith. Today, we will be talking to Mr. Donnie Jones, Chief Operating Officer of the West Alabama Chamber of Commerce where he leads all workforce development efforts of the chamber, serving as executive director of the Region 3 Workforce Development Council, West Alabama Works. Donnie serves on the board of directors of the Public Affairs Research Council of Alabama, which is PARCA, and is an appointed member of the Alabama Workforce Board, where he is co-chair of the Innovation Committee on Workforce Development. He also serves on the board of directors for the Tuscaloosa Education Foundation, Tuscaloosa Character Council, Region 3 Workforce Board, and Heritage Health Care Board. Donnie serves on various committees at the state level for education, as well as the Alabama Committee on Credentialing and Career Pathways, where he also serves as an officer. Donnie has also been appointed by the Lieutenant Governor to serve on the Alabama Committee on Grade Level Reading and the Small Business Task Force. Donnie graduated from the University of Alabama with a degree in Management Information Systems and Computer Science and is a 2001 graduate of Leadership Tuscaloosa. Welcome, Donnie Jones. Thank you for being here today. Well, I'm excited to be here with you, Shelley, and thank you for the invitation. Well, I had to leave out that biography because you are involved in a million different things and really just such an impressive resume. But can you tell us about workforce development and what you do with it for Alabama? Well, really, we're involved in all aspects because, you know, when you look at uh, workforce development and the key issues that we have in the state of Alabama, you can't work in workforce development without being fully engaged in the K-12 system. So really, we're from, we tell people we're from pre-K to PhD and with a lot of our programs Uh, We're basically from pre-K to the grade. We want to be with people and help them in any area of their life when it deals from, you know, starting out, getting the education that you need, all the way to a lot of folks that we work with on second career pathways after retirement. So a lot of great work's being done. And that's probably the most exciting part of what I do is working with people and and seeing people's lives changed uh, through number one education, but also through career pathways and great Uh, jobs that give everyone in the state of Alabama a livable wage. And that's really our focus is to make sure that we live by one of our uh, mantras is the rising tide floats all boats. And that's not just because we're from Tuscaloosa and the Crimson Tide, but that's because of our philosophy that says if we all work together, we can lift uh, poverty, um, education in our state. And that's really what we're all focused on. Well, as a Auburn University parent, I'll, I'll throw a war eagle in there for you, but I do believe that the rising tide increases everyone's success, which is really both of us working on a lot of different committees and efforts to increase education. A lot of people don't really see the connection between our education and the jobs 
that are coming in to Alabama. Can you tell us a little bit about that connection, maybe for people who haven't thought about it a whole lot? Well, absolutely. And, and one key example is, and this is not to look at the individual student as any less, but even lift them up, is when we're doing our Educator Workforce Academy with all of our leaders in education, one of the things that we talk about is the fact if we look at our education system and, and look at the end result, and the end result of success is not necessarily a credential or a degree or a graduation certificate. When a student leaves high school or uh, the university system or uh, community college uh, system in the state, it's really where they're, they're successful and they have a meaningful life and a career and can sustain themselves. And that comes to the word job. <laughs> and so if we look at things as success, and really look at who the customer is of our education system through that lens, right? Then we're looking at how are we meeting the needs of our employers in the state of Alabama and how are we preparing our students for the jobs? Because what we see a lot of times, and this is across the country, not only in the state of Alabama, but we have so many kids, when you look at statistics, now this isn't um, opinions or anything else, but when you look at the raw data and you see how many students actually never complete their college degree. Nationally, it's over 60% that, that start. When you're looking at how many students actually end up with college debt, a lot of that is because a lot of those students have changed their degrees three or four times during their tenure at their, at their college or their community college. When you look at those things, we have got to all work together to make sure that we're, number one, getting the kids in the right pathway. It saves money. It saves frustration. And also, it helps those individuals with success because everything that we do at West Alabama Works is to target, to bring hope to families, to bring hope to, to children when it comes to excitement and being excited about education and their future. And when you look at that, if we focused on the jobs and not as much on the academic side. Now, that's important. Don't, don't hear me the wrong way. But if we say, if we focus on delivering to the employers the types of employees that they need, what we'll see is a lot more success, not only in job placements, but in the academic side, in performance, in graduation rates, in one of the things that nobody talks about a lot, attendance rates. Because when you look at the attendance and we have students across the state of Alabama that miss so many days, they're going to be behind automatically. And then, of course, when you factor in the summer slide, all of those things come into play when you actually look at the holistic approach. And that's one of the reasons we believe that sometimes we're not as high on the, the rankings uh, in education for the state of Alabama is because we're really looking at the wrong objective when we're making our, our laws, our, our processes, and, and how we teach our children. Well, I know that you serve on a lot of different education committees and advisory boards, and I think it's because that is such a huge need for our kids to be prepared for what comes after high school. And I know that you do a lot of work, even with people who haven't finished high school, who are trying to go back and kind of get this second chance. Could you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we work, well, really, we, we work in three buckets, as we tell people, is the first one, of course, is the immediate needs of workforce development. With That, that is job placements, working with our 
partners at AIDT and our community college system and preparing folks and getting them into those jobs. The second area is retooling and retraining, and that's kind of where this question comes from. And then the third, of course, is our pipeline, and that's our work in the K-12 system. But when you go to that middle section and you really start looking at the people that we work with that really need to be retooled and retrained, and a lot of people say, well, there's a lot of individuals out there that need their high school degree and or their GED. So we work very closely with David Walters at the community college system and adult ed, and then also our our three colleges in our region in those areas of, of GED. But also we have an online high school that we've gotten great results. And what we're finding is a lot of folks who struggle, they do better actually going through an online high school remediation program than a GED program. And so we've got multiple tracks there, but one of the things that's really scary, and and this is why we're getting so involved in our education process, in our rural counties, if we are working with 100 at-risk individuals, 90% of those individuals have a high school degree. But what we're finding is, is over 50 to 60% of those of the 90 can't read and do math at a seventh grade level. And so even though we're saying our high school graduation rates are increasing, I think what we really need to look at is, once again, you just said it, is are they prepared? Do they know what they need to know? And not just do they have a piece of paper? Because at the end of the day, that piece of paper is not going to get them into workforce, into a job, into a career pathway. It's a ends to a mean. But if they don't know the basics of reading and math and those types of things that are the core of education, we have failed our children. And that's why we're so involved in this, because at the end of the day, We've got to make sure that all of our Alabamians are prepared for whatever pathway that they want to achieve or whatever job that they'd like to have. And so that's where we're really getting involved in it because we just we are failing our children in in this area. So many of them are falling through the cracks. That's a really shocking statistic. And I've talked to Steve Hannum, who does adult ed, and I've talked to David, and it really is inconceivable to so many of us who aren't working with it day to day that so many Alabamians can't read or do math at a higher level than they can. It, it, it really is. And, but at the same time, Shelly, if you look at the real data, I mean, we're giving you on the ground statistics there that, that's happened when we do outreach events. So we've got over, when you look at our system, our Career Connect system, we have over 16,000 individuals that we work with, over 10,000 active and 7,500 that are active job seekers at the current moment. When you're looking at and working with people, it really comes to bear and you really see that. But if you take what I've just told you, and then you look at our colleges and you look at the remediation rate where how many of our children have to take that have graduated from high school and have to take remediation courses just to get to your basic 101 and 102 college level courses. That number begins to look and, and feel more real and more realistic as the truth than not. And so what we have to do is, is what we say all the time We have to own where we are. We have to own that we do have issues and we have to fix those issues. And instead of doing the circular firing squad, which so many of us in the state are are famous for, we all need to come together and own it, not for ourselves or our own organization, 
but for the people that we serve. And that's really what it's all about is serving others and having that servant heart. We're more consistently focused on helping people than we are on. Did we hit this goal or did we have this percentage of graduation rates in our high schools and things of that nature and look at, are we really doing what's right for people? And that's where we've got to get back to. And and our teachers love kids. They have given their life to serve them. Lord knows they don't make enough money um, in what they're doing. They're counselors, they're teachers, they're social workers. and, And a lot of them are moms and dads to these children. And so our systems have to be moved in a different direction so that we're supporting those teachers and our educators and also our families. I was a great thing, and I know this is off topic, but spending time today with our nonprofits and our our city of Tuscaloosa and our, our city school system, and they are looking at taking one of their schools and actually developing it into a wraparound service for parents and children so that parents can come to that school and get any type of wraparound services from our nonprofits that they may need in their life. Those are the kind of out of the box things that we've got to do to start supporting our children and helping them with their needs. Because when you look also at the statistics of so many of our children, particularly in our rural counties, are being raised by single parents and a lot of times by their grandparents. We have to do what we, you know, even though it's not in our scope of work, we've got to do what's right to get people to be able to get to a point where they can learn. And so that's as much a part of our job in workforce development as placing people in Mercedes Benz or Newcore Steel or Pfeiffer Wire or any of the other manufacturers or organizations that we work with. I love it. It's inspiring work that's changing lives for the better. You and I have spoken on numerous occasions about the issues that Alabama's businesses have with both hiring and retaining employees. Can you tell me how that relates to what happens in K-12? Specifically, I'm thinking about literacy because that's the reason the people on this podcast tune in. So maybe talk about how literacy is affecting businesses staffing their their workforce needs? Well, absolutely. Even in our region, the University of Alabama several years ago did a study, and by the year 2030, we're going to have over a, a 20 plus thousand employee shortage. Actually, in the state of Alabama, we will have, or and we do, but by 2030, we'll have more jobs than we have individuals to fill those jobs. And when you look at the new technologies that are coming out, for example, uh, with Mercedes, who is launching their new electric vehicle, when you're looking at Mazda Toyota up in North Alabama and so many others, Airbus, all of the different new companies that are coming, those technologies require more and more skills and literacy is the bedrock for all of that. Because unless you are a lifelong learner, and that's what literacy does for individuals. It helps them to become a lifelong learner. And that's what's going to cause individuals to have a more successful pathway. That's why literacy is so important. And and more particularly, our K-3 reading by grade level. We have got to get every student in this state reading by grade level by the third grade, because as I'm sure y'all have talked many times on this podcast, is if they get behind by the third grade, it is very, very difficult. And it's one of those, you know, uh, 
what's this what's the saying an ounce of, of prevention is worth a pound of cure we spend all of our time and we're having discussions and we're there and it's a real a real issue but we're talking about our prisons being overrun we're talking about the fact that we need to we need to spend more money on prisons and things like that and yes i don't disagree if 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 it's unsafe conditions that's not the topic of the day but the topic here is if we had all of those kids more than likely those young adults that are in our prison system reading at grade level tied to some of the programs that we have in place now involved and engaged in our wow events our career technical education programs and then moving directly into jobs more than likely, more than half of those individuals would not be where they are today, and they would be productive citizens. And so we have got to step back and say, we're not only looking at just jobs, but all of the issues that we have in our state. The problem that I see a lot of times is we're number one in the top five of the things we don't want to be in the top five for, right? And we are at the bottom of the things that we need to be at the top on. So we have got to have real leadership that's going to look at it and say, look, let's let's quit, you know, let's quit pointing fingers, like I said earlier, and let's really look at what we have got to do to move the needle in innovative, creative ways that is going to move the needle quicker, faster, and, and give us better results. And, and that's why we're doing a lot of really innovative things. Just today, we have a whole team out. They're out there with virtual reality headsets, helping our students understand all the great jobs that we have in the state of Alabama. And we're going to hit every single one of our ninth graders before the end of the school year. And that's a 7,500 square mile footprint. But our team is so committed to our students that they're going to make that happen. And that's what it's going to take is people saying, no matter what it takes, we're going to make things happen for our schools and really partner, not point the finger and say, what's your graduation rate? Why haven't you done this or why haven't you done this? We're going to be a solution and, uh, and come alongside them and support them in what they're doing. Well, I appreciate so much the fact that you are part of that solution and not pointing fingers and are willing to partner with K-12 to improve these things. And I do think that literacy is the bedrock. And when we can improve that K-3, then it is that rising tide that lifts all of those boats for kids. I know that you know education on a different level than many people simply because you're married to a fabulous kindergarten teacher. What have you learned from seeing this intersection between the K-12 world and workforce development from that perspective? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm in a very dangerous position here in, in choppy waters because, you know, I'll, I'll come home and talk about what we're doing in workforce development. And then I hear the struggles that our kindergarten teachers have in the classroom. Number one, underfunding, right? Number two, they're, they're having to be a parent at the same time. Number three, they have an overloaded classroom. When our kids at that age, so many people in our state think of kindergarten when they were in kindergarten. And they think that what these kids are learning is how to color and use a pair of scissors. I mean, I see these little ones come in, they're five years old, they can barely get around and their backpack's bigger than them and realize that in just a short year that these great teachers have to take that student from where they are to being able to read and know sight words and be able to start their pathway to success and literacy. 
And then when I talk to my wife and she tells me, Donnie, over half of my children that comes into the classroom and she's in a, a high performing school in a, in a great part of, of our community. When she says so many of their students don't even know their colors, they can't write their name. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, are you serious? And she says, yes. And some of these are families that I know. And it's almost like parents come on. We have got to help our students. We can't put education on just the shoulders of our teachers. It's got to be a community. It's got to be a family. We need pre-K in every school in the state of Alabama. And it is so important. And I think some of our delegation, I know Bill Poole comes to mind and and Greg Reed and and a lot of those of our delegation is focused on pre-K and funding pre-K in our school systems. But that is so important in getting that bedrock and getting them prepared for that kindergarten where that's really where the rubber meets the road. And that's the pathway that's going to set a lot of our children, whether they're going to be successful and be able to read by grade level, which is really what, Shelly, what we were, were working on together. That's why people in our state have got to understand what's really going on and the ramifications and not just look at what rhetoric is coming out from school systems and data and things like that, but really what is happening and get engaged, get involved in your children's lives, grandparents spending more time and and, and reading buddies. And we talked um, just yesterday about an initiative of getting our churches more involved in literacy creating ministries in our churches where churches can get their folks to sign up and go into elementary schools and read with children and help them get to where they need. Because so many times we'll spend a lot of our time on mission work, which is important. We'll spend a lot of our time on vacation Bible schools. And I'm a Southern Baptist, so I I get vacation Bible school. But, you know, times have changed and there's new ministry fields out there that churches need to get involved in. That's one of the things that we're trying to look at this as a holistic approach of community and education, not just educators. And we are all educators and we're all responsible for everybody in our community. And I know that's big shoes to fill, but the world has changed and we have seen COVID transform everything that we do on a daily basis. And I think it's time for us as individuals and leaders and communities to understand that we need to do the same thing when it comes to education. We've got to look at it in a different perspective and we all have to get all hands on deck when it comes to lifting that, that, the tide for, for our children. Preach, brother, preach. Um, (laughs) I was reflecting back on a conversation we had about the literacy piece again, and that so many employees can't read an employee handbook. Mm -hmm. And I, I really feel like that people don't understand when we talk about literacy in the workplace, how that really costs businesses money if if people can't read. That's exactly right. When you look at even the new, what we call modern manufacturing, those are entry-level production positions. When you're looking in the medical field, I mean, even those that are in supportive services, it is so, so important that we understand that the jobs of today, even when you look at, even when you're in education meetings and you hear this all the time, the jobs that most of the children that that my wife is teaching right now have not even been created yet. So a lot of times they think literacy, well, Donnie, you're talking about, you know, kids are going to be working on computers or they're going to be teachers or doctors or going to college. No, that's not the case. All of our jobs require literacy. 
when competing against other states for business placement, how do the literacy levels of Alabamians play into those decisions? When companies are looking at Alabama and deciding whether Mm. to put their business here, does that play a factor? Well, it absolutely does, because every time we've been in conversations with industries, one of the first things they look at is is basically the school's report card, and that is tied to literacy and, and those basic skills. So when you look at that, it is one of the first things that they look at because they know that they need an educated workforce, even if they're a, a construction company, even uh, production, simple production, like one of the suppliers. They all need to know that they're going to have an educated workforce that can learn. That's the, that's the basic. That's what I can't get across to a lot of individuals. It's not just that they can, they, they can read at X level. It's that they can comprehend what they read. That comes back to all of the things we talk about you know, in our committee work is sight reading versus um, phonics and things of that nature. They've got to be able to comprehend what they're reading and be able to process that. And that's all a part of people skills. You know, literacy is tied to all of this. And and I think that's so important that people just miss that. It's not just about can I read four lines at a certain time period and then I check the box and it's all over. No, we can't stop there. We've got to make sure that that student is able to comprehend those four lines that they read. They're able to actually relate that to something in their life. We tell this and, and we've got examples of of great things that are coming out once again out of our educator workforce academy but in our 11th grade literature class one of the things that that they said is you know is it really important for them to understand bell wolf now i'm going to get people in and literally you know and calling and and emailing me that's not the point but what they said was is we need to add an employee handbook we need to have some type of manual and they need to learn to read that And we need to be able to test to see if they can comprehend that. And that, to me, is is something that we're failing because we're doing the exact same thing and reading the same pieces that we have. Now, we need to read historical things, and history is a very important part. But my point there is, is we need to add some of the things that are going to make people successful into embedded into the academic side. You know, a lot of times they think about career technical education as preparing kids for those types of jobs. That's not true. We need to be doing that from pre-K all the way up. And I think, Shelly, this is more of your cup of tea than mine. But when you look at how students learn and how they feel about themselves, it correlates to their reading ability. And so self-esteem, those types of things are all tied to this big picture. And that's where the community and our churches and everybody can come in and lift our children up and, and help them with hope. That's why we use that word so many times in, in our process at West Alabama Works is that is tied to success. And that's where, once again, literacy is the key and a bedrock to every bit of that. I love the focus on hope because that is what our goal is, is to offer hope for everyone for having a better life. If you could tell educators and parents one thing that could help students be successful in the workplace, what would it be? Well, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Two things. One is more of a a generic world peace kind of answer would be we really need to work to help our students understand those essential skills, those basic things that 
we have employers telling us all the time, Donnie, if I can just get a young person that can show up on time, stay the whole time, get along with others, pass a drug test and, and, and be able to read efficiently and comprehend things, I can train them to do anything. And I think that's where we fill our kids a lot of times. And then the other is, what could I say to parents? Is spend time with your children. A lot of people, we get so busy in this society that we forget our most precious asset is our children and our young people in a community. And we need to be spending time with those at-risk kids, community leaders. We need to spend time with our children. We need to spend time with, with young people because that is what is going to set the example of what true leadership and servant leadership and success looks like to young people. We can either take this crossroads in the state of Alabama and do the things that we need to do to help train parents and spend time with students, or we can allow this death spiral to continue and literacy continue to be an issue in our state. I think we need to be the leader. And and we were at one point with the Alabama Reading Initiative, and we can continue to do that with these new initiatives that we're looking at now. I agree. It really does take an entire community working on this. This is not the problem of one group or another. So I appreciate you really hammering that point home about we can't blame each other. We've just got to dig in and and start the work. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate what you're doing with workforce development and all that you're doing to improve education. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Shelly, as always, when we have discussions, um, it's always enlightening to me as well. So uh, just know that anything we can do for you guys and thank you to everyone that is on this podcast and is, is interested in literacy and don't just listen, get involved and get engaged. And, and Shelly, thank you for what you're doing to, uh, to preach the gospel of literacy. And I think that is so important. And uh, I hope you have a whole, whole lot of converts and uh, pass the offering plate off often. Okay. I love it. Uh, Join us again next week for the next episode of the Alabama Literacy Network.